Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Getting more done in less time. This is our second conversation with Ron Price. It is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. And Ron, as always, great to be with you. It's good to be with you, These are fun conversations because I think this is something that speaks to all of us who are trying to get more done in less time. It's a very common conversation. And um, I I probably go back 20, 30, 40 years, and we were all concerned about that back then. But the dynamics of it have changed quite a bit. We're actually a lot more productive today than we ever were before, but we're a lot more distracted also because of everything that technology has done for us. Uh, you know, Dale, I, I remember back to, I first started working in Asia in 1991. That was before email. So I would go to Asia and I took, I did have a little laptop, one of the early laptops that was pretty heavy. And I had a little printer that I took with me with paper. And I would get faxes from the hotel business office where I was staying in Taipei. They would arrive sometime during the day, um, or I'm sorry, they would arrive overnight because that was daytime in the U.S. So in the morning, I'd have all these questions and you think of everything we do via email, it all went via fax. And during the day, I would work on answering those and I'd get back to my hotel after being at the office all day in Taipei and I would um, I would have printed them off and I would take them to the business office and they would fax them back. And that's how we got things done back in 1991. And we thought that was technology. We thought, wow, we've arrived. Well, things are so much more productive and responsive today. But along with that, you've got all of this distraction, all of this noise, all of this pressure for us to keep up with everything that's happening. And in our most previous conversation, you mentioned that there were really three reasons. That first one being it's the environment we live in, so many distractions, so many opportunities, demands on our time. And now it's a constant stream of uh, multiple communication platforms that we're thinking about. Uh, It's not only email. I think a lot of us are trying to get away from email, but then you add in Teams or uh, whatever your platform is, just constant set of distractions. The second one was that just this inner battle of feeling obligated, not being able to say no or not thinking we can say no, um, or we're overly optimistic about what we're able to get done in a set time. And then we just lack the tools to deal with all of the noise in today's world. So um, where are we going to go in our conversation today? Well, I'm, I'm going to be a bit of a contrarian, but there's a purpose to my madness, so to speak. I, I want to start with the big picture and then work our way back to getting more done in each day. And we're probably not going to get all that done in this conversation. So I can already predict that in getting more done in less time, we're probably going to have part three. <laughs> okay, so it, if we're going to start, I'll begin with the end in mind and walk us back. Um, what, are, what are you thinking? What's going to happen? Well, I think most of us get caught up when we think about getting more done in less time. We get caught up in thinking about the burdens or the stresses of today. How do I get through my task list today? How do I respond to everybody who's asked for something from me today? And um, I think that's a big part of the program, uh, or I'm sorry, a big part of the problem, 
because it takes us back to really something that's an age-old challenge, and that is this battle between the important and the urgent. The urgent is that thing that I feel like I need to respond to right away. So sometimes when we're thinking about getting more done in less time, we're saying, how do I get more of the urgent things off my plate? But having tried that for many years myself, I can tell you that it doesn't satisfy. If all you do is focus on getting rid of the urgent at the end of the day or at the end of the week or at the end of the month, you look back and you feel very dissatisfied that you didn't make the best use of your time. So getting more done in less time is not just about the quantity of what we get done. It's also about the quality of what we get done. And so when I think about that, I think of a famous line from Peter Drucker, who said, it's more important to do the right things than it is to do things right. Now, as a young leader, I was a little bit confused by that. I thought, what is he trying to tell us? And I think he was trying to tell us it's more important to do the things that will have a long-term impact than it is to just check things off your list or even to do things and do them well, but they're not really that meaningful or that purposeful in the long term. So I think if we're going to take into account the wisdom that he shared with us, we might say it's not just about getting more done in less time. It's about getting more of the right things done in less time and therefore feeling a higher level of satisfaction or fulfillment because we know that we're spending our time and our energy well. What are some of the tools that you use to figure out exactly what is the right thing uh, amid all the noise? Because it can be hard in the moment. It sure can be. And this is something that it took me a long time to feel confident about. And when I say a long time, I mean years because I am so vulnerable to what we refer to as the tyranny of the urgent. Simon Sinek, in one of his first books, it was titled Start With Why. And he was saying, essentially, that why you do what you do is the beginning point. That will make you more effective and more productive in what you do and how you go about doing it. So for us, starting with why means starting with what is our purpose or our mission. And, and even though I've been studying strategy for decades now, I've uh, recently, as a result of collaborating with Professor Tim Wahima and Dr. Evans Baya on a new book, Optimizing Strategy for Results, I, I, I listened to Pro Professor Tim talk about he's got a differentiation between purpose and mission. I used to think they're, they're really synonyms. They're really the same thing. He said, no, 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 he sees them differently. So I said, explain it to me. And it really connected with me. It's had a really positive impact on me since. He said, purpose is why you exist. It's fundamental. It really lasts. It never wears out. It goes on and on and on. Mission is how you apply your purpose to your current context. It's how you apply your purpose to the current set of circumstances. So when we do this for companies, we say that mission is a combination of your purpose and what your customers need or how you serve your customers. As an individual, it's what is your purpose that's transcendent regardless of your job or your current circumstances, and then how are you applying that in your current context? Well, this is not an easy thing for us to think about. Uh, I guess for some people, they tend to be more philosophical. They might enjoy reflecting. They might enjoy going deeper in, in thinking about this. But for a lot of us, 
it doesn't seem to help us much when it comes to getting more done in less time. But what I'd like to encourage our listeners to contemplate today is that the more clarity that you can get around purpose as why you exist and then mission, how you apply it in your particular context, the more it's going to help you to get more of the right things done in less time. So that's really where I believe it begins. So it's safe to say that we can think about purpose and mission as a compass to start looking at what is the right thing to be doing. Yeah, that's what I've come to believe. And I'm almost embarrassed to talk about how hard and how long I've worked on it to get clear. I do think that when you continue to invest in understanding yourself and um, what it is about yourself in terms of your natural tendencies, your natural skills, how you've developed those into strengths, what you enjoy doing, and what seems to come easy for you, and what makes a difference for other people when you think about those things over time. One of the benefits of getting older is that you make progress. You're further down the river, so to speak. So I can remember that the first time I drafted a purpose statement for myself was back in the early 80s. But it was it was okay. It was it was actually pretty accurate, but it didn't have a lot of emotion to it. It didn't have a lot of conviction to it. I was young and I thought, well this sounds good, but do I really identify with it? And it took many years of me working on it and eventually then developing it into, okay, how do I apply, apply that in the context of my current environment. And eventually, maybe um, five, six years ago, I was able to sharpen it more. In my particular case, I recognize that my mission is to help others discover and pursue their greatest potential. Now, that may be a lot of people's missions, but for me, it's very personal, it's very unique to me. And then uh, I think it was a little over a year ago, I began to realize that wasn't really my mission because it it wasn't the perfect marriage of purpose and context. I had to tweak it a little bit. I had to say that my mission really is to discover and pursue my greatest potential and then help others to do the same. Woe be to me if I do it for other people and I didn't do it for myself. So it's it, that sounds so simple, Dale, but you've oftentimes we've talked about simplicity on the far side of complexity, simplicity that comes out of deeper thinking. And uh, this is an important part of getting more done in less time. That clarity for most of us takes a lot of work. It does not come easy. And we have to keep coming back and revisiting it. We keep, for me, I think I inched forward little by little by little. And who knows what the future holds, but I would be actually quite surprised if that mission statement changes for the rest of my life because it's so deeply anchored in me. And the more deeply it gets anchored in me, the more it makes me think about what I'm doing and how to get more done in less time. So it's become a great source of direction and confidence for me. And it's become a great protection against the tyranny of the urgent. What were some of those significant points along your journey to figure that out where I I guess you could call them aha moments of just... 
Number one, as I listen to that story, it tells me we've got to spend time thinking about purpose and mission, deep time. And we refer back to our last series of conversations around thinking, um, but it's going to take some time. It's not something that's just going to come in an instant. So what are some of those, if you, if you lay that on a linear timeline, your, the process, the years that you spent, what are some of the things that happened along the way that got you closer and, and now to the place where you feel like you've really got it nailed down? your purpose and mission? Um, I, I would say, first of all, that I think it's different for everybody. I think everybody has their own unique journey with that. You can't push it. You can't make it happen faster because it's part of you developing your self-awareness, your self-evaluation, your own sense of purpose, and you can't neglect it. You can't let somebody else do it for you. There's, there's an old saying that if you don't set goals, you'll serve somebody else who does. And in a way, if you don't develop your own sense of purpose, you end up serving somebody else's purpose. So you can't neglect it either. But the reason I say that I think it's different is because we have six children. And as I observe our children, for some of them, it was very easy to develop a strong sense of purpose. And that purpose continues to unfold and to gain new clarity or new resolution, new detail, new nuance. And for others, it, it's been very, very tough. And they grew up in the same environment. They heard the same kind of encouragement. They had similar educations, but it's different for different people. So I think for some people, it's harder than it is for others. But for everybody, it's worth the uh, responding to the challenge. It's worth taking it up. So my encouragement to our listeners, no matter where you're at, think about taking the next step. What is the next step? And it's interesting. It's, it's an iterative process and... Um, sometimes you don't really see what's going to come next until you see it. I, I, a great example of this for me was uh, I, I went to my optometrist recently to get my eyes checked. I'm, I'm actually wearing broken glasses right now. This is one of my friends called these designer glasses because that's duct tape across the top. <laughs> but uh, I went for an eye appointment and they put this picture in front of me. Well, it didn't look like a picture. It looked like a diagram. It had all kinds of lines and curves and everything. And they asked me if I could see anything in the picture. And at first I saw nothing. And then all of a sudden a butterfly appeared. And so I told them, oh, it's a butterfly. They said, great, you have good depth perception. And I thought, wow, what an interesting metaphor. Understanding your purpose, your mission and what the future can look like for you is, is sort of like having depth perception around who you are. It's not just knowing where you've come from, knowing where you're at today, but it's having a greater and greater sense of what the future is going to look like. It's depth perception. And of course, it's not just purpose and mission. There are two other components to this that we work on. What, what really I'm describing is vision. It's where am I going? What, what does the future look like? And the other part that's really important because it's almost like the steering wheel for you on your trip, and that is what are your values? What are the things that matter to you in how you live your life, in how you will know yourself, and in how others will know you as well? These are all part of getting this great sense of depth perception so that when we get more done, we're getting more of the right things done. These are very powerful and important tools uh, when we think about knowing what is the right thing to do and getting the right thing done fast. 
So let's let's take on the quantity versus quality conversation that might be happening in a lot of people's heads uh, because there is so much to do out there and it feels like this never ending churn or hamster wheel that we're, we so often find ourselves on and that's the quantity aspect, but we, I'm hearing you say we need to focus on the quality aspect. Yeah. And, and actually I think that this probably, when I think about the different phases of a, a leader's experience, I think this pressure happens most with people who are in the middle point of their career. They've already proven themselves to be able to get some things done, so they get more responsibility. They may get some promotions, some authority. Now they've got people that are looking to them for direction and for decisions and for tasks, and they've got people above them in the organization looking to them for results and activities. And so they end up feeling a tremendous amount of pressure around the quantity of what they get done. And for many, many years, when I thought of getting more done in less time, I only measured it based on, can I check these things off? Can I get through my to-do list? Can I fulfill all the commitments that I made to various people? I think part of the the, um, experience you have of moving into senior leadership positions is oftentimes, maybe not always, it depends on the kind of leader you are, but oftentimes your task list gets shorter when you become a senior leader. But the things that you have to do are much more profound. They have a much greater impact. The decisions that you make, how you relate to people, how you envision the future, it's not just impacting you, it's impacting really a whole world. And so getting more done, I began to realize, is not about how many things you get done. It's about which things you get done and what kind of a long-term impact they're going to have. You know, I I ponder, um, I, I think maybe because of my reading that I do every morning and because of the time of reflection that I have every day, but I ponder the idea that we leave plenty behind when we pass on, but we take nothing with us. So what are we going to leave behind? We can leave behind a bunch of checklists that are checked off, things that we did that nobody cares about. Are we going to leave behind something that has value, something that continues to benefit people when we're gone? This is when I think about quantity versus quality. This is what I'm thinking about. And I'm not just thinking about that. It's true in your family, and maybe you might say that it's true in a spiritual context. But even in our work, what are we going to leave behind How are we going to leave the places where we work better, more prepared for the future, more responsive, more effective in a a strategic way because we were there? This is what I'm thinking about when I say, let's not just start by thinking about how do I manage my email better? How do I manage my task list better? Uh, How do I manage my day-to-day? Yes, those things are important, but they don't have much value unless we have this bigger picture that we're looking at that really includes why we exist, how we apply that in our context, what our vision is for the future, whether it's one year, three years, five years, 10 years. I never thought I could have a 10-year vision that would be relevant. And I'm almost shocked that I now have one that I really believe is relevant. I really believe that without it, I would be, I, I, I would not be getting 
the most important things done? How do we do that and have the clarity of our values and how we want to live our lives? All of that so that we think of and recognize that really the quality of what we do supersedes the quantity of what we get done. You don't see so-and-so responded to their emails within 30 seconds in an obituary. (laughs) And yet that's not a bad thing, but at the expense of something more important. It's not what's going to be remembered and, and what's really important. So thanks for that. That really elevates this conversation to another level when you approach it that way and takes it from the tactical to more strategic and, and how you're going to get things done. Any when you, when you think about the right things and developing that big picture first, anything else that we should be keeping our eye on? Any other suggestions? Yeah, I think for most of us, and it, we, we all relate to it differently, but for most of us, the right things are connected to relationships before tasks. And the tasks become expressions of those relationships. Um, This is another battle I had to overcome because I had this desire to be accountable around the tasks that I needed to do, that I often would elevate the tasks above relationships, which is actually not my nature, but it was what I trained myself to do because of wanting to get things done. And I've had to really step back and rethink about what's more important to me, the relationships around me or getting this thing off the checklist. So I think maybe that's something that we'll dive into a bit more next time when we begin to talk about, so how do you organize the shorter time frames in a way that helps you get more done in less time? Perfect. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much, Ron. Um, I will remind folks that this podcast is a companion to The Complete Leader, the book by Ron Price and Randy Lisk. Um, It goes through in great detail, but you will find so many more resources on the website at thecompleteleader.org, along with all of these conversations that we have, the podcast, which is both audio and video. Um, If you're listening, you can go and find blog posts, and a number of a number of assets and uh, collateral that will really help in your leadership journey through the Complete Leader Program. So with that, make sure you check out the website if you'd like to learn about more about Ron and what he is able to do uh, along with his team. It's price-associates.com and you can reach Ron ron at price-associates.com. While you're sitting there at the computer, or if you've got your phone in your hand right now, it would be fantastic if you would rate and review this podcast, whether you're watching it on uh, YouTube, on the thecompleteleader.org or listening on your favorite podcast app, rate and review. We definitely appreciate it. If you have not done so, subscribe. These episodes are being released on a weekly basis and you don't want to miss one of them. So with that, Ron, great to spend the time with you. Thank you so much. We will keep diving deeper into this idea of getting the right things done in less time on our next episode. Thank you, Dale. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 